Hello, boys and girls. It's me, Donna Gales, and I welcome you back to this, another episode of the Listen, Boys and Girls podcast. Well, For Real, For Real Friday turned into Soul to Soul Saturday, which turned into not happening at all. (laughs) I apologize, folks. My family came in town and surprised my mom. And it was just a truly, truly blessed weekend. And I could not take away from all that was happening to revisit this topic at the time. And so I apologize for the delay. But I certainly thank you for your patience and all of those who have listened to the first installment of this particular topic. For those of you who do not know, who are tuning in for the first time, I am not a mental health professional. I am currently studying and moving toward uh, my master's degree in social work. However, I am and have always been a proponent for mental wellness. I've had mental illness and I recognize that we as a community of people don't invest enough time and energy in making ourselves mentally well. We're very good at um, the aesthetic, what it looks like. We're very focused, some of us, on what our bodies present, what we look like physically. Um, Many of us are less concerned with what we look like mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And those things are equally important as mental wellness. And um, I, I just, I want to make sure that in the spaces where I share anything, that I am able to share things that change situations for people, myself included. And so with that, this podcast was born. I was divinely instructed to start this podcast almost one year ago today. It's actually June 1st, but tomorrow is our our uh, one year anniversary. And so I'll have a little special, special um, topic for that. And at, at any rate, we want to go ahead and finish this topic out. But I wanted to say that we have to first be honest with ourselves in order to be helpful to anyone. Okay. That for me is major because we all have stories that are a part of our experience that we are not proud of. We all have parts of our story that still bring us to tears. We all have parts of our story that have taught us things that we wish we never had to learn. Nevertheless, we've learned and we have become who we are because of those experiences. And what I have learned in my exchange and interaction with other people is that many of us have gone through horrific things, but do not recognize that we were traumatized. Many of us have been through horrific experiences, but we have been conditioned to think life happens and you just get over it. That is not the truth. 
Yes, we are thankful that the grace of God has covered us and kept us and allowed us to make it through those experiences, but we did not make it through unscathed. And that's what I want to talk about, the being traumatized and triggered. We will often respond in ways that are inappropriate, sometimes uncontrollable because we have been traumatized. There was a quote that says, you may not remember, but your nervous system does. And all of our beautifully, wonderfully made system is designed to function a particular way. There are things in place that are part of our biology, part of how we're constructed, how, how we were created that protect us from certain things. You know, our skin protects our organs, you know, and we're, we're, we're made to, although the skin is an organ also, but anyway, what I'm saying is we are structured to be resilient in a way, but at the same time, we are fully human and impacted by things that are not intended to be a part of our experience. And so with that being said, we have to understand what traumatized is, you know, and, and it's, it's about the lasting shock and turmoil, emotional response um, as a result of an emotionally disturbing experience or physical injury. A lot of times, you know, when people talk about PTSD, they often gravitate to military experience. That's not the only traumatic experience in life. We all just experienced a pandemic. That was traumatic. That is traumatic. We are going through something as a result of having to immediately change the whole way we lived and moved and 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 experienced life, the way that we spent time with others, the way that we had to remove ourselves from regular contact. We are created to be in contact. And so because this message was designed to be on For Real, For Real Friday, which is my testimony with a twist, I, I'm not talking in general terms. Today, I'm talking about me. And I've had, oh God, so many experiences that have been traumatic, but I have also worked through a lot of it. Not everything is resolved. Absolutely not. I am I am a perpetual <laughs> client of mental health services because I believe that it is important. I do certainly also believe that your spiritual relationships with um, who you perceive to be your, your higher power. I don't try to tell anybody how to believe. I just share what I believe and let you decide for yourself what's best for you because you're responsible for you. But I believe in God and I know that he has kept me and I know that he has given me grace and strength and all of those things that have allowed me to be able to get to this point in my life. But I also know just like he created um, me, he created others with other uh, ability to impact the world as we know it. And the therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists and all, all disciplines of medicine, I believe, are all divinely inspired in ways. Um, and, and just like any other thing that is created, it can be manipulated to cause harm and not good. But we have to be righteous stewards of the information that we receive and of who we are as individuals. 
And so I said all of that to say, you know, um, it, it, it pains me that sometimes we'll, you know, we'll take allergy medicine or we'll take high blood pressure medicine, but we won't um, speak to someone about our mental health or wellness. We believe in, in having someone address our physical health and and take whatever modifications that are recommended to improve that physical health. But we don't do the same when it comes to mental, emotional, spiritual health. And so for me, I have been um, a, a a client of, of mental services since I was a teenager. Um, and I am clearly not a teenager anymore. <laughs> I will be 48 in July, if the Lord should say the same. But at this, at, at this juncture, I have been in counseling for 30 years, I would say. You know, and again, not everything is resolved and not everything is addressed every time. But, you know, we move and we grow and we expand ourselves as we are able. And there are things that we are able to do that we've not allowed. I can honestly say for myself, there have been some traumatic incidents that have been too sensitive to touch um, for me. And I have not had not uh, surrendered those things first to God and then to my own um, healing process. There have been some things that were too sensitive to touch. If you've ever fallen and hurt yourself and had, you know, a scab forming or, you know, the, the, the healing process can be very uncomfortable. And, you know, of course, when something hurts, you don't want it to be agitated. You don't want it to be touched. And there have been some hurtful things that I didn't want to be touched. And so one of those things um, had been the fact that I have been engaged three times and not married. And so, you know, I have moved through my experiences like it wasn't a big deal, but it was. It really was. And so because since I was a little girl, I have desired to be married. And then, you know, um, for those that that may or may not know. My mother and I have not always had a good relationship. It's great now. It's wonderful now. It's healed now, but it had not always been that way. And part of my experience, you know, my mother told me I would never get married. Nobody would ever want to marry me. Now that was very heavy (laughs) as a young person, um, as a, as a little girl who desired to be married since, you know, since forever. You know, I watched my mom and my dad and what I perceived it to be at the time. And I always wanted that. And so, you know, I'm talking about since five years old, (laughs) I've wanted to be um, married and a mommy and all these other things that that I perceived to be the best thing ever. And so I lived my life all kinds of ways in different segments um, that may have supported what my mother said. But, you know, I question whether that was cause and effect or effect that caused it. But, you know, that's another therapy session. (laughs) But um, that experience of wanting something and being told by, you know, the person that brought you into this experience of life that it would never happen. That was traumatic for me. Um, And I didn't recognize that it was traumatic for me until many, many years later. But I have been engaged three times. And they have, they've been three totally different experiences, three totally different kind of men, three totally different uh, outcomes um, as it relates to the response to not, not getting married. And so 
it has been a difficult thing. And then what I had to recognize, the most significant of those um, connections was was one that I had with a person who I had um, a lot of shared experience with, someone that I felt God had brought into my life to, you know, um, further this journey and really believe that, really, really believe that wholeheartedly and moved in that in that way and so when it didn't happen and the way it didn't happen was absolutely traumatic for me so um i had i had connected with with this man and um it's it's interesting because in retrospect i know that the experience was used to teach me some very valuable lessons because for one he was the only man in my experience that I claimed to love. And I, and I do know in, in, in all of my heart that I loved him, but he is the only man that I've, I've, um, said that I, I was, I was in love with and never had a physical sexual relationship with, which was significant for me because, uh, many of you know, I had been, um, you know, violated, sexually abused, as well as molested and raped in my younger um, younger years. And so that led to a life of uh, symptoms, you know, um, being promiscuous and all kinds of things. And so I, I lived in a way that um, put my damage on display, right? And so, you know, part of that um, experience was feeling that I would never have anybody to love me for who I am or, you know, who I was um, at that time. And so this person was so much like me. Um, and it was it was a true, true, true connection, true bond. And, and again, we never had had any sexual contact. And that was a blessing for me because I was able to truly love somebody and felt loved by someone that had nothing to do with sex which was major for a person who was taught from a very young age that sex meant love and love meant sex. And so that, um, that was major for me. And so we, we had a very intense connection and a lot of turmoil in that connection. Um, but I felt that, you know, this was going to be someone that I would be able to spend the rest of my life with. And, and in so doing, um, be able to help other people and just, you know, all kinds of things. But a very, very, very long story cut short is um, we didn't. We obviously, as I am still single, <laughs> we didn't get married. But more than that, um, he had been married a couple of times. And and um, <laughs> in that experience, you know, I had developed um, kind of as a byproduct a relationship or a connection with his one with his ex-wife and so at one point she was you know, <laughs> she was praying for them to get back together during the time that we were actually planning to you know get together and um god the the story is so complicated and i don't want to do it a disservice but the the very condensed version of that story is that um we were supposed to get married in June of uh, 02. So this this folks is uh, almost 20 years old, this story. 
and oh god it's almost 20 years old this story <laughs> but anyway um he we were supposed to get married in june of 2002 and um he actually remarried his ex-wife um i believe it was in may of that year but anyway I believe it was in May, April, May. But, and, and, and what's interesting is that I recognize that every year around April, May, April, May, June of every year, I have this, this, um, this response, this, this, this agitation about not being married. I could be good all year. (laughs) I could be great, but April, May, June, is a is a time that is very sensitive about not being married. And I I hadn't realized that. And so until um 2019, I think. No, 2017. 2017 is when I realized that that time frame was a trigger for me because I had been in um, connection with a, a, a new and wonderful gentleman um, in 2017. And we, he was, God, he was amazing. And, um, you know, we, it was an unexpected connection and it was great. And we met in Jan- December and it was like very intense December, January, February. Um, we hung out in March. And then we went on vacation in April and I didn't realize until after this whole experience that April, May, June is a very, very sensitive time for me about connection and being together and having, having, um, you know, the thought of being alone. And so I was with this wonderful person who, you know, again, was very amazing. And we are very, I mean, just a, a wonderful connection. Um, we're, we're actually still still friends now. But what what happened that particular year was what made me go back to counseling about this thing. Because this was an amazing person and we had a wonderful connection and and we still do he's he's really uh, an amazing person but we had an experience in April that should not have happened but it was because I was traumatized and triggered April it could have gone a totally different way but you know insecurity and um feelings that had nothing to do with him and unresolved pain for me and you know all of those things what came as a perfect storm to destroy an absolutely great connection and that made me want to understand what the heck is going on with me because i didn't even realize it until that time and that connection being lost prompted me to see what else I needed to do. Cause I didn't even think it was anything else I needed to quote unquote heal from. I thought I was good. I thought I was over that. You know, I thought it didn't matter to me anymore because you know, we, I, I had actually still been friends with the, with the, with my ex fiance, <laughs> you know, we would, we, I mean, we would laugh and joke and hang out and everything. And so I really thought I was good. I really thought that I was over that 
and I wasn't. Not in the way that I wanted to be with him, but in the way that I did not recognize that all of the things, me being told I would never get married, all of the things, having one engagement that didn't work and I don't even, you know, whatever. All of the things, (laughs) having a second engagement that didn't work. And, you know, all of the things. I didn't, I didn't realize what kind of trauma that really was for me. I thought I had just gotten over it because it wasn't, um, it didn't feel like that big of a deal, but it really was. Because oftentimes what we do to get through our situations is minimize the pain in our mind so it doesn't feel as bad. And that's what I recognized I was doing. I was devastated by that at the time. I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to kill him. I wanted to kill her. I wanted, I was, it was a very, very, very bad time for me um, in, in, in 2002. It was horrible. You know, it was, it was horrible. And I was sick physically for a while due to that. And, you know, I, I was horribly miserable and I didn't even equate it. Although I had talked about it in counseling, you know, several times. And, and again, for a a bulk of that time, I did a lot of major work and a lot of heavy lifting and it was rough. But I thought I had gotten over that entirely. But it it wasn't until 2017 that I had that experience and I lost something very precious to me that made me go back to the couch and say, what is going on? Because it's no way that that should have dissipated the way that it did. But I know that it was me. I know that it was me. I just don't know why it was me. You know, and I think that's the thing that people don't do. And I'm not saying I'm any better than anybody else because I'm definitely not. But I recognize that 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 connection was so important to me and the loss was so devastating to me that I needed to know what I need to do. So this does not happen again because I was so happy at that time. It was this person was a true blessing to me. But I wasn't able to receive it because of some things that were not right with me. But I didn't even know they weren't right. I thought I was good. I thought I was good until that happened. And sometimes we don't recognize how bad we are until we lose something that means a lot to us. Or until something happens that is a catalyst for us to move forward in a different direction. Because what we've learned to do is function in dysfunction. And I literally, guys, I thought I was good. I was, I, I was blown away when I recognized that there's a whole lot more work I had to do. I was like, no way. I'm good. I am good. And I was not. And I continue to maintain that when, even when we think we're at our best, we can always be better. And so I am pushing myself to not be content with, I'm good. I'm good. I always want to be better. And you know, that, that takes perpetual work. It takes perpetual commitment. And I have not been consistent with a lot of the things, which is why I am not good in some situations. And so 
that is something I want to leave with those who are listening and you're listening for a reason. So I want, I never want you to come to this place and be like, Oh, that wasn't for me. Or, uh, you know, there's no part of this um, conversation that's for every single body. No, but you've tuned in and stayed this long to hear something. And perhaps it is this, we are such amazing creations and we have done phenomenal things and are aligned and positioned to do even greater things if we get out of our own way and we are in our own way in several different capacities we want to have the best we want to do the best but sometimes we don't even have the tools to make that happen not that they're not accessible, not that we not that it's impossible, but sometimes we just don't have what we need yet. And we have to get it. We have by any means necessary, we have to get what we need to keep going. And so many of us have stopped at the comfort of thinking we're okay when we really aren't. But we have to choose to push past not being okay and getting the help that we need to actually move forward and be better. Like I said, this was in in 20, um, in 2002, okay? This happened in 2002. Here in 2017, 15 years later, I thought I was good and over that situation. I had been long since removed from that situation. Again, good friends, laughed, joked, hung out, supported my ex-fiance as if nothing had ever happened because I felt like we had gotten past that. It was closed and we were, you know, healthier humans and were able to maintain the friendship and continue to move forward. And that was true to a place. But there were residual pieces. There were parts of the trauma that that were still there. And the months leading up to the day that was supposed to be the first day of the rest of my life with someone, those months leading up the planning months and those, all of that became a trigger for me that I didn't even recognize until it cost me something I never wanted to lose. I am saying all of this to say, do the needful before you lose something you don't want to lose. I'll say that again. Do the needful before you lose something that you never wanted to lose. I was sick at the loss of this connection because it was everything that I had been praying for, (laughs) quite honestly. But that's what I've said before. Sometimes we pray for things we have no idea how to accept. We have to be whole and healthy and healed enough to receive good things when we have not had that experience. But sometimes we don't even recognize how damaged we actually are because we've been able to function so well in our assessment. And I'm not saying everybody's messed up, go to counseling. 
what I am saying is if you need the help, get it. If you find yourself going around in some certain circles that you don't seem to be able to break, get some get some outside help. Get some additional perspective because you might be surprised that you are being triggered by trauma you've not addressed. So again, I thank you for being a part of this process. This pruning project is something. <laughs> I want to tell you, it's something. But I'm thankful because God knew what I needed to get through. God knew what I needed to do. And, and I want to say beyond a shadow of a doubt, since one year ago, when God told me to start this, every single week has been relevant to my own experience. And I'm thankful for that. So again, I say, I'm not doing this to tell you how to do anything. I'm not doing this to tell you what to do. I'm doing this because I'm sharing my experience and I know that I'm not alone. And if it helps somebody else, I'm so delighted and pleased to be available for for your use, for God's use to assist. I am glad to be this teacher's aid in the classroom of life. Because we don't, we don't always get what we need from the jump. But God gives us what we need in the process. Sometimes we just don't even take it. Sometimes we just don't even recognize it. But I did make a commitment to myself that I do want to be better. I do want to be the best that I can be. And not just physically, not just mentally, not just spiritually, not just emotionally. I want to be a whole and healthy person. That takes work a lot. And sometimes it's difficult and sometimes it's frustrating and sometimes it feels like it's not worth it, but it is. It is. And we can do it. We will do it. We are doing it. We just have to keep going and not stop when it gets hard. And I am, again, talking to myself because I've done so well in so many areas. But then when it gets hard, gets bumpy, looks a little dismal, I have a tendency to just say, forget it. But we can't let fear make us say forget it because everything ahead of us is worth the journey to get it. Stay on the journey with me. Move along this path in the way that brings us all the best outcomes because that's what God wants for us, the best outcomes. And we need to know that they are possible. They're possible. And I'm going to make sure I continue so that I can see the fruit of this labor in this garden. Y'all, it's Memorial Day, and I certainly want to give honor to those who have served in military service to our country and to um, those same individuals who have lost their lives in the pursuit of what we enjoy as freedom. I am thankful for all those who currently served who have served and who have given all in service. As you all know, I have many, many veterans in my family and I'm thankful for God's protection in their service. But for those who have lost lives and who have lost loved ones in service to this country, I want to say that we 
honor them and we pray with and for you because loss is never easy. It never goes away, the feeling of that loss. But as we move through our individual experiences, we keep a collective mind of those who have that experience as a part of their struggle, as a part of their daily uh, life, as a part of their pain. So we honor those that have fallen and we remember those that remain. Tomorrow is Tell the Truth Tuesday and we will be talking about underestimating yourself. I hope you'll join me then. And remember, if you listen, boys and girls, it just might change your world. It is changing mine. And for that, I am thankful. You all continue to enjoy your Memorial Day. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye.